Well, good morning. My name is Tommy, and uh, let's be honest, it's the last week in 2017, so they made me do this. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're stuck with me. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I'm pumped to be here. Um, I get the opportunity of serving in a creative arts role here, which means that I help a lot of the stuff that happens in this room on the weekend, help oversee it, and it's a blast. Um, if it's your first time here, man, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome. I know it's six degrees outside, but we got warm hearts in here. So, you know, <laughs> there we go. Dad jokes are going to flow this morning. All right. Now, I'm really glad you're here. Um, as we start off this morning, is it weird to anybody else to say that this is the end of 2017? Am I the only one to think that it was just yesterday that the, the Falcons blew a 25-3 to lead? I mean, it just seems like yesterday that that happened. It seemed like that was just a day ago. Um, anybody hold, up, uphold their resolution for 2017? Anybody actually do it? I got a couple hands. Anybody like me forget what resolution you even made in 2017? Okay, we got a lot of people. Good. Uh, for a lot of us, we look back on 2017 and we're thinking it's really good. Um, it seems like for a lot of us, we may not even remember 2017. It, it seems like it happened really fast. It, it came and went. For some of us, we're looking forward to 2018 because 2017 was so good and man, cannot wait to come. For others of us, 2018 can't come soon enough, even though it's tonight and we wish it was now. We're ready for the clean slate. We're ready to start over. We're ready to think ahead to 2018 because when we look back at 2017, we kind of say, yeah, I didn't live that very well. We look ahead and we've got decisions to make in coming up and for some of us, 2017, the decisions we made were good ones and they're setting us up great. For others of us, we're like, 2018 can't come soon enough. I was on uh, Facebook this week, because I'm a good employee that way, and I was <coughs> found a video of an actress, and she was talking about one question that you find in every movie, every single movie, and it's this question. It's, what are we going to do? You see it in every movie. You've got the group of teenagers running away from the axe murderer, and the idiot in the group's like, what are we going to do now? And you're like, run away from the guy with the axe, or the guy with the red lightsaber is not a guy you want to be with. You want to stay away from him. And we watch these movies and this question comes up and we, we almost are like, we have the 10,000 foot view. We back up 10,000 foot view and see the whole story and we're like, do this. It's a no brainer. It makes sense. This is what you should do. But in our own life, I think we ask this question a lot. What are we going to do? Or some iteration of this. We decision on what are we going to eat today? Or those types of things. We're making decisions and we almost wish we have that 10,000 foot view of our own life because we come to forks in the road. Okay, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. I'm just seeing if you're getting there. No, we come to decisions all the time. We come to forks in the road of what, what should I do and we wish we had a 10,000 foot view on the decision of life. The, should I be dating this person? Should we buy that house? Where should we move for this job? Should we stay here? Should we, we have this question all the time. And we wish that we had a 10,000 foot view and we could have somebody telling us this is what you should do. What if I told you that there is one word that if you pursued in 2018, you could look back and say, man, I lived it well. Or that can help guide you in the decisions you make in 2018 that can really give you a 2018 that at the end of it go, I kept my resolution. That's what we're going to look at today, and this word, I really think, if we really pursue it and go after it, can really shape everything we do, and here's the word, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. 
It's something probably a lot of us in this room have heard. At the end of the day, I think all of us would say, yeah, we want to be known as a wise person. But when we stop to slow down and think about this word, it's kind of hard to define. You might have a definition or go, we might say, yeah, that's wise. But we have a hard time figuring out what it is. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at what is wisdom, how do we obtain it, and we're going to look at two paths that are revealed by wisdom. So in order to look at it, if you want to pull out your Bibles right now or your smartphone or your tablet, we're going to be in Proverbs 1. Um, if you do not own a Bible, if you do not have one, in the seat in front of you should be a black hardcover Bible. Um, if you want to take that home and consider it our gift to you, also, if you take it home, just remember that someone did give you a gift in 2017. Um, if you want to take it home with you, that'd be great. We're on page 438 in that black hardcover Bible. We're going to be in Proverbs 1. And a little background on what Proverbs is. Um, Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. He's considered to be one of the wisest people to ever live. And this whole book is written in poetry. Everybody's favorite subject, poetry. And when you read it, Hebrew poetry, specifically Hebrew wisdom poetry, the original language of Proverbs was Hebrew, strives to say as much as possible in little words. Or strives to make massive tweets very, very small. What I mean by that, here's a few of them. As a dog returns to its vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. I'm sure we were all hoping for that word picture to happen, say, when we walked into church. But there's truth in it. Think about it. You do the same thing over and over again. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. It's all in there. Or maybe a little more serious one, this. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Hebrew poetry strives, Hebrew wisdom poetry, strives to take a massive concept and put it in tweetable moments, in things that are shorter than tweets. So what we're going to look at today is we're going to be looking at the first seven verses of Proverbs. And the first six verses set up the seventh verse, which is like the big idea for the whole book. So let's go ahead. I'm going to read it. Why don't you follow along with me as I read? So the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables the sayings and riddles of the wise. And this is the big idea of the whole book. This is the, the verse that we're actually gonna key in on for the rest of today, and it's this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'm gonna read it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we're gonna look at three things. What is wisdom? How do we obtain it? And two lifestyles that are revealed by wisdom throughout the entire book. So the first question, what is wisdom? What is it? Um, if we were to go to the Medina Square and talk to people, which I don't even know if anyone's on the square right now, it's way too cold, but if we were to go there in the warm summer, which I know you're not supposed to talk about warm nor summer when it's three degrees outside, but if we were to go there in the warm summer and ask this question to someone, what kind of responses do you think we'd get? I think we'd get a whole host of different answers. We'd be hearing a lot of different things. I think one answer we'd probably hear is knowledge or the ability to know. We'd hear you have to know the right things. And I, I would say I think that's part of it. 
Knowledge is a piece of it, but it's not simply knowledge. Have you ever met somebody that is very book smart, but not so much street smart? I don't think we call that person a wise person. We we called them in school the big heads. They knew a lot of stuff. And that's not a bad thing. Knowledge is not a bad thing. We'll actually look at later that knowledge is a baseline for wisdom. You have to know wisdom, know what it is in order to do it. But it's not all of it. It's not simply knowledge. Knowledge is a piece of it. I think another answer we might get in this what is wisdom question is morality or the ability to know right and wrong, the right and wrong decisions. And I'd say, yeah, I think you're on the way, but I don't think it's simply morality either. It's not simply knowing the right and wrong things. Like these two things go together. You have to know morality. But these things at their most basic level are just theories. They're just things in our mind. I think wisdom is something that's a little bit further. It's using both of these things. And so here's the definition. Here's what I think the author of Proverbs in wisdom literature is trying to say. It's wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. Wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. In, In the original language, wisdom, the word used there, literally means a technical skill or experience the thing that we hate putting on our resume because we never know if it's enough. It's, it's wisdom is the thing, it's, it's the skill, it's the act. And specifically, I think it's the skill, it's a combination of knowledge and morality. Knowing the right things, knowing the right and wrong, but then the skill of acting it, the skill of doing it, the skill of living life, navigating, knowing what's right and wrong. And the author of Proverbs actually takes it a step further and says that it's not just living life well, but that living life well is living life God's way. And so it's taking on God's knowledge. It's taking on God's morality and then allowing that as a skill to navigate the decisions of life, to navigate the way we live life, the way we do it, in order for it to be God's way. Now, you may be hearing that, and that's, you may be thinking in your head, that sounds like a God that says, my way or the highway. And it, it's actually, in some ways, yes, but it's not a total, like, God's way here. He's talking about the good life. You see all the time when it says following Christ, it's almost immediately talked about the eternal life or the good life, the life God wants to live. And it's not a checklist, but it, it's the way God wants life so when you look back on it, you can say, man, I lived it well. It's the life God intended. And wisdom, all through the book, you see this definition playing itself out. So if this is what um, wisdom is, if we talk about wisdom, another way to say it is this. Um, If you have a budget, you can know everything about a budget. You can know the budget. You can know the morality of the right and the wrong ways to spend your money. But until you put that to skill and do it, it's not a wise budget. Another way to say it, the Green Bay Packers, which by the way, I just gotta throw this. Anyone else see the colors here? They're, they're God's colors. I mean, they're God's team. I mean, they're the Green Bay Packers. I'd, it's the holidays. You can let a lot of things slide. A lot of things get by, just, just saying. I, but um, no, but you think about the Packers. They have the knowledge of the game. They know it. They have the, the wisdom or the morality to know the right and the wrong plays to make when Aaron Rodgers' collarbone isn't broken. And, and they have the skill to do it. Let me ask you this question. Do the Browns have the knowledge? <laughs> that was the quickest answer I think I've ever gotten asking any question here in the church. And no, they don't. Do they have the, the wisdom to know the right and the wrong players or plays to make? No. Do we say they're a wise football team? 
wow, this is the easiest way to get people to get answers. This is great. No, no, I mean, jokes aside, but you get it. Wisdom is the combination of knowledge and morality. It's a combination of knowing the right and the wrong things, and specifically, biblical wisdom is knowing God's way of seeing life, his knowledge, his way of right and wrong, taking my version of right and wrong, saying, God, yours is better, and then taking that and allowing it to navigate the way we live life. That's what wisdom is. So if that's wisdom, if it's the skill of living life's God's way, how do we obtain it? How do we, how do we get it? Well, I think the seventh verse in the first chapter of Proverbs that we read is that key verse, give us a really good insight into how we obtain it. And it's this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, you may be reading this and saying, hang on, Tommy, it says the beginning of knowledge. Well, remember, we just talked about that knowledge and morality, a combination of those two things, it, you need knowledge to get wisdom. You can't, you can't just be wise, you have to know what wisdom is. You have to know it's the skill of living life God's way. And the author says that in order to get knowledge, it starts with fearing the Lord. Now this is kind of a weird phrase. Um, we read this and this isn't something you walk by the cubicle and you're like, hey, fear the Lord today. This is not something you normally hear. This is kind of a strange thing. So what is this? I think it's hard because when we see, read this word fear, we think of the scary movie fear or the horror room fear, the, the cowering in a corner. And it's actually not, a better way to say this would be like a healthy respect or a reverence or putting something in proper authority. It's having a healthy respect for the Lord's knowledge and morality, a reverence for it, and putting that as authority in our life, and that begins to understand what wisdom is. It starts with the foundation of Jesus. It starts with the foundation of knowing the Lord, fearing him, putting a healthy respect and reverence towards him, and that's how we begin to know what wisdom is. Uh, look, we all fear something. We don't use the same phrase, the fear of. We all fear something. Put it this way, the fear of bankruptcy leads to knowledge. Knowing how to spend my money and those types of things is gonna force me to have a skill in life to live life a certain way that I wanna avoid bankruptcy. Or maybe not bankruptcy, the fear of aging, fear of loneliness, or maybe not a negative thing, fear of our parents, that might be a good thing. A respect and a reverence for our parents leads us to know and do things a certain way. And that's what the author's trying to get at here. That's what Solomon's trying to say. A healthy respect and reverence and putting the Lord as authority in your life is how you begin to get wisdom. It's how you obtain it. On the flip side, he says very quickly, but fools, and I gotta be honest, every time I read this word, I just hear Mr. T in my head. I pity the fool that despises wisdom and instruction. I mean, I just hear it every single time. But you see, like, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, or the idiot never listens. The idiot never listens. And we read this and we kind of go, okay, that makes sense. And I want to speak very clearly to a group in here. If you're in here investigating Christ, or you're checking out this whole Jesus thing, and you're trying to figure out, I'm really glad you're here. I'm actually pumped that you are here, taking some time out on this cold Sunday morning to figure this thing out. But you may be looking at this and saying, hang on. There's, there's an opposition here. Are you saying if I'm a fool, if I don't believe in God? That if I don't put him as authority in my life that I'm a fool? And I would say, yeah. And that doesn't come just from me. It actually comes from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. 
the author, the whole book is pretty clear. There's two paths here. There's two sides. Those that don't believe in God are foolish. They can't get wisdom because they become the authority and they're not basing the authority off of God. There is no middle ground in the book of Proverbs. This may sound harsh, but this is, it lays out very clearly a sword and says you're on one side or the other. You either fear the Lord or you're a fool. Now, the good news is, like any skill, you can work at it. Or you can work at getting this skill, but the beauty of wisdom with God's way is all you have to do is put God's authority in your life. You have to ask him, just go to him and just ask, hey, I put you as authority, help me get wise. And he will help you do that. This is a gift for anybody that wants it. And so we see very clearly through the book of Proverbs, there's two lifestyles or two groups of people that the book slowly starts to expose or that slowly starts to reveal. And it's this, the wise person and the fool. And we've already seen this in the verse. You see, like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The wise person fears the Lord. Whereas a fool despises wisdom and instruction. Or, like I said, the idiot never listens. And we see, if we were to take all 31 chapters of Proverbs... And we were to go through, and like in school, you'd write down everything we saw. There's some characteristics of both sides that we see in the book that starts to play itself out. Specifically, we'll see some words that describe each person. So for the wise person, you'll see the wise, makes sense, the understanding, the faithful, the good, the righteous, the upright, the blameless. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if these are words used to describe me, or words put on my tombstone when it's all said and done, it's pretty good. Even if it's just one of them, that's pretty good. Whereas the fool, the other side, is the sinner or the person that chooses their own way of right and wrong and rejects God's way. The fool, scoffer, evildoer, wicked, treacherous, stranger, sluggard, adulterous, and transgressor. The transgressor is the person that does wrong intentionally or unintentionally towards somebody. So you see these two lists these characteristics, and I think when we look at these characteristics, if we're honest with ourselves, we all would like to be described this way. I think only the fool wants to be described this way. Huh, makes sense. You start to see that there are characteristics that tend to de describe each person. So those that put Christ as authority in their life get described this way if they use that wisdom as a skill, whereas the fool rejects it. You also start to see in the book that there are certain circumstances in life that tend to fall towards one side or the other. What do I mean by that? For the wise person, no harm comes to the godly. Now, um, this is a controversial verse because we read that and go, hang on a second. I know some people who have followed Christ that have had some bad things happen to them. And let me just say this. Proverbs aren't promises. It's not a if this happens, then guaranteed this is going to. They're possibilities or Proverbilities, if you will. <laughs> Dad jokes galore. Uh, they're, 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 they're possibilities. They're not promises. But what it's saying is the decisions of the wise person, the wise person, the decisions they make tend to put them in circumstances that aren't going to bring harm to them. The decisions they make when they choose the hard decision, the stuff that doesn't seem easy, when they put God as authority in their life, when they do the things that are his way, not their own, they tend to not have harm done to them as opposed to the fool that have their fill of trouble. They make the easy decision, not the hard decision. They choose their way as right. They make themselves the authority in their life 
and they tend to have their fill of trouble. Now, now this is not saying that fools never have good things happen to them and that wise people don't have troubled times. That's not what this is saying. What it's saying is the decisions that they make tend to, the possibilities tend to lead where the wise person has no harm come to them and the fool tends to have their fill of trouble. So we may be looking at this going like, okay, I, I see that wise person may be the side that I want to swing toward. It's the way I want to be. So what are other ways to obtain it? If fear of the Lord is a way to begin to understand it, how do I obtain it? Throughout the book, it talks a lot about different ways to continue to obtain wisdom. And one way it says is the wise person listens to others. We, as a staff, will call this fearless feedback. It's the ability to not just give feedback to people, but take it. And when you take it, you do something with it. You don't just let it sit. You listen, and that changes the way you do things. And don't give reasons why. You just say, yep, you're right, let's do this. And you'll work together. The wise listen to others. As opposed to the fool. The fool thinks their own way is right. You ever met a person like this? They're in, the, they're in the room when the boss is like, hey, this is what they're gonna do, and they give the five reasons they're gonna, the way they're gonna do it, and it's their way or the highway, and the highway's not even good enough for them? Or it's the person that walks into the financial planner's office and asks them for help on a budget, and they get all the right things to do, and it's laid out in front of them, and they walk out of the room going like, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Or the person that's sitting in class, and they're listening to the teacher talk, or the person talk about stuff, and they're like, yeah, no, and then they get in a life circumstance and go, maybe that teacher knew what they were talking about. Not that I'm speaking from experience. But you can see very quickly when we look at this, there's words used to describe both sides of the wise person and the fool. The whole book of Proverbs, as we were looking at it, there's two sides. And so I just want to ask this question, which column do you most identify with? Which column, if you were honest with yourself, would say this tends to describe who I am? Or a better question, if the wise person listens to others, what would your best friend say the column that you tend to be is? Or your spouse? Or your kids? Which column would they tend to say you are? Now here, here's the good news. Even if you, if you end up being a person that it's, you tend to be on this side, you can work towards this by asking God and putting him as authority. This is a skill that you can work out. It's not a, ha you're stuck. It's a, over time, you can work at it. It's like LeBron James did not become a great basketball player overnight. He took the skill and time of working at it, at, at understanding the game to become really, really skillful or a wise player. And the same thing with wisdom. You put it to skill, you practice, you do the things, you start going towards this. If you look to obtain it, you listen to others, you put God as authority in your life, this is possible. Uh, look, you may be reading this and go, hearing all of this and going, okay, that's cool. Proverbs are like tweetable moments, Old Testament stuff. That seems like a long time ago. Um, if you've been around at all, you notice like we kind of like Jesus. In fact, we more than kind of like him. We, we, we really think he is the way. And Jesus actually talked about wisdom a lot. He talked about it a lot all through his time that he was on the earth. And specifically in Matthew 7, he tells a story. If you grew up in the church, you may have heard the story about the wise man that built his house on the rock versus the fool on the sand. If you haven't, let me just show you. It's this. Um, Therefore, everyone who hears these words, this is Jesus speaking of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall 
because it had its foundation on the rock. It's actually really cool, this word for wise man right here. When they translated the Old Testament, or they translated Proverbs into the same language as the New Testament, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek, this is the same word for wisdom that you see in the translation in Proverbs. So when Jesus is saying this, he's speaking to a bunch of people that knew Proverbs, and he's saying to them, I am the person you should fear. I am the Lord. (laughs) It's a huge statement he's making here. He's saying, I am the beginning of knowledge. Jesus is saying, those that build their foundation on me, that put their wisdom and they seek after it, they put their foundation on me, I am the way. I am the one that can give you the good life. I'm the one that can give you the life when you look back that says, I lived it well. And he talks about the other side immediately. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, same word in Proverbs, who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against this house, and it fell with a great crash. Look, we hear this and we're like, duh. (laughs) Built your house on a good foundation, should last. Built your house on sand, probably not. But what Jesus is saying is actually pretty profound. Because if you think about it, a good foundation on a house, if you ask any builder, putting a good foundation on a house isn't easy. It takes time. You think about the rock, it can be jagged and you have to smooth it out. I don't know if you've ever tried to cut a rock, it's not easy. It's hard. It takes time, it takes decisions, but the foundation when it's done is solid. And what's built on that is great. As opposed to sand, ready to go. It's easy. Sometimes wisdom, when we look at it and put the practice in our life, when we make God our authority, it's hard. It's not easy. It requires saying to no to things that we really want. It requires allowing God to have authority in our lives on what is right and wrong. It's not easy. And he's telling a bunch of people that I am the wise man. Jesus is saying, I am the Lord. I am the foundation. I am the foundation you can build upon. Another way to say it, my dad and I were talking about this week. Um, this is where I was going through it, and he told me this story, and was, I thought it fit in really well. My dad has a doctorate in education. He's a professor, um, and he was a pastor for many years. He studied the Bible in college, has a master's in theology. He's a really smart dude, but he wanted to get his doctorate in education because he knew the Bible, he knew Jesus, and he wanted to be a better teacher in teaching people about the Bible. So he got a doctorate in education. Makes sense. So he went to Marquette, which is in Milwaukee, hence the Packers fan, Um, And so when we were there, he was getting his doctorate, and one of the research assistants that was with with him was a non-believer, and they were talking about this philosophy of of education book that they were reading. And in this book, there were some new ideas that were being exposed in education, and my dad was excited, because this was something that, man, he could bring to the church. He was telling his coworker, I can bring this to the church, and it's going to help me explain Jesus in a way that will make sense better to people. It's going to help me really bring this in a way that I can be a better teacher, the thing he wants to be. And he was building upon his foundation of Jesus as the center. She immediately looked at him and says, man, I'm so jealous. And it kind of took my dad back. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she, her next phrase out of her mouth was like, every time I read something like this, every time I learn something anew, the philosopher of education in me has to tear everything down and start from scratch. Because my foundation is changing. And my dad looked at her and go, maybe there's something to this Jesus thing. 
Look, I think a lot of us, when we start to think about the foundations that we're on, maybe there is something to this Jesus thing. If wisdom is the skill of living life God's way and living the good life the way God wants it done, not as a, you need to live this way, but the freedom of knowing what's right and wrong, of making the good decisions, of when we come into the fork in the road, building upon the foundation of Jesus and his way of seeing life, it's something that continues to grow to 2018 and beyond. Sounds so much like Buzz Lightyear, it's wrong. Um, To 2018 and beyond, it can be wisdom if it's something we pursue and we look at it, we can look back on 2018 and pass that and say, man, I lived it well. To where those words that described wisdom can be used to talk about us so we can share the, the news of Jesus with others. And the news of Jesus is this, we call it the gospel here, the good news. Just last weekend, we celebrated the fact that Jesus became a baby. He was fully God, fully man came into this world, lived the perfect life, lived the wise life, the life the way God intended it to be, and he died on the cross, a death he did not deserve, rose again three days later so that we can have a relationship with God, so we can know what this wisdom thing is, so we can live the life beginning with knowledge, leading to wisdom, understanding morality, and it's a gift to anybody. It's there for you. You wanna live the wise life? Jesus says it's right here. Wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. Jesus is Lord. Uh, I'm gonna invite the band up. Um, And so I just wanna end with this as we end, just kind of three now what's. Kind of now what's. So if if wisdom is the skill of living life God's way and we decide it's something we wanna pursue, how can we pursue it? Let me just give you three ways. These are just possible ways you can start to go on the track towards pursuing wisdom. And the first one is this. Read a proverb a day. Read a proverb a day. They're actually shorter than tweets. <laughs> I was, did this yesterday. It was quicker for me to read a proverb than it was to go through my Twitter timeline. They're quick. They're fast. We read some of them earlier. They don't take long. And they're chock full of wisdom, of right and wrong, of knowledge. But then put them to practice. Or if you're really ambitious, read a chapter a day. There's actually 31 chapters in Proverbs. You could read it each month. There's about 31 days. So by the end of 2018, you could have read this book 12 times. Can you imagine the wisdom that you're gonna begin to glean off of that? Or let's, maybe not that, let's try a different one. Maybe for you it's find someone wiser than you. Find someone who's living the skill of living life God's way really well. And begin to meet with them. Uh, Not in a stalker way, don't stand outside the window going, meet with me. That's creepy, don't do that. No, find a person who's wise than you. We call this discipleship. We, we call it follow me as I follow Jesus. Who's someone in your life that you would say, like, they are wiser than me and they can help me on this journey? They can help me live life God's way in a way of understanding who Christ is. Remember, the wisdom listens to others. The wise listen. Or, or the third thing, real quick, check out our next series. And you're like, ha, shameless plug. And I'm like, ha, you're right. But, if, but think about it for a second. We're talking about wisdom as the skill of living life God's way. And next week, we're gonna be talking about conflict resolution. It's a wisdom series. We're gonna be taking God the way he wants us to live life and looking at it specifically in the way we do con- conflict. In the way we do it in a way that builds relationships and allows us to bring others back towards who God is. It's a wisdom series. That's what the whole series is, so I challenge you, pick one of these three, or pick two of them, or if you're really ambitious, pick all three. 
Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? (laughs) Just try it. Because here's the thing. Wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. And it's something any of us can obtain that put God as authority in our life. I really, really do believe that we can obtain it. Let's pray. Father, you are good, you are great, and thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who very clearly told us what wisdom is and that he is Lord, and I thank you for that. Um, God, help us to just be the eyes on how we see life and how we navigate it so that we can best follow you, so we can seek after the things that you want, so that we can lead people to loving you and knowing who you are. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.